You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do the people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Hello and welcome to Game Changers. I'm Matt Goldman. As the Earth is facing an increasingly consequential climate crisis, inquisitive minds all over the globe are hard at work trying to find solutions. And many of them have been able to translate their eureka moments into action at a greater pace and scope than sometimes gloomy headlines might have us think. In this four-part mini-series, we'll meet the visionary minds who attempt to sculpt the future of sustainable energy and global resources. We'll get a peek behind the curtains of their factory floors, hear of the sometimes surprising origins of their ideas, and be introduced to a potentially greener tomorrow. In this episode, water harvesting. The Mexico City metropolitan area, home to 22 million people, is densely populated and heavily trafficked. A visitor walking on its bustling streets might be surprised to learn what lies underneath it. We are not in a valley. We are actually in a basin. That's Dr. Manuel Perlo Cohen, a full-time researcher at the Institute of Social Investigations at the National Autonomous University of Mexico. We are on the top of lakes, but we don't see those lakes. This is also a basin where many rivers flow into the lower parts of the city, and you could see those rivers. Nowadays, you see only highways with the name of those rivers. Founded in the 14th century, then known as Tenochtitlan, Mexico City was initially built on a tiny island in the Valley of Mexico. Over the course of the last 400 years, the city focused on draining the water as it was expanding its borders. And it's been efficient, where once there was a lake, now stands one of the vastest cities in the world. But this doesn't mean the city is all dry. Mexico City gets more rain yearly than the notoriously wet London. And beneath its streets, you'll find enormous aquifers. We have around 1,800 deep wells that provide that water. And we import also water from distant bases. So you have Uh, to realize that we have the largest water infrastructure perhaps in the world, both to prevent the city from floods, but at the same time to provide water to those 22.5 million inhabitants. Knowing this, it might seem paradoxical that Mexico City in many ways is lacking water. Those aquifers have been 
overexploited over the years, which means that we take more water than the one that percolates into those aquifers. They are not in balance. We draw too much water from them. A crumbling infrastructure isn't making things easier. About 40% of the water produced by the system is lost through leaks. All this combined has led to a crisis in this naturally water-abundant area. Mexico City is one of the top 10 cities in the world at risk of running out of water. There are at least 1 million people in Mexico City who live in areas that, that are not suited for infrastructure, so it's very difficult to bring them water through the uh, pipelines. It's, it's almost impossible. That's only in Mexico City. I'm not talking about Mexico City's metropolitan area. And those people who are most hurt are the people who live in the worst conditions, the poor people, because they live in the worst located places, on the one hand. But on the other hand, poor people really don't have places where to store water. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know, living without water is something that if you've never actually experienced, it's hard to imagine, no? and it dominates your life. This is Enrique Lomnitz, one of the co-founders and general director of Isla Urbana, a project dedicated to developing water sustainability in Mexico City. So especially low-income parts of Mexico City, peripheral parts of Mexico City and the people that live around it are now facing a situation where they open the tap and no water comes out no, or brown water comes out for a few seconds. So if you live in a house that doesn't get water or gets water just once every you know, one or two weeks, water starts becoming this really central dynamic that takes over almost all of the house. No? So everybody is very, very attentive to when there's water. So if there's water in the grid for a moment, everybody runs out and tries to fill up all of the buckets and containers that they possibly can so that they can kind of hold over for however long they need to until they get water again, which they never know when there's going to be water again, no? About 10 years ago, Enrique and one of his co-founders, both industrial designers, were discussing ways to support sustainability issues in the low-income parts of Mexico City. With no clear ideas in mind, they started interviewing people about their everyday lives. And water started coming up over and over and over again. People just started telling us about water. And they started telling us about how their water situation was getting worse and worse. They started telling us how they, you know, they used to get water out of the grid maybe two, three times a week. Now they're getting water one day every two weeks. How they never used to buy water trucks. Now they're buying several water trucks a year. The water trucks are an attempt to put a band-aid on the wound. The government subsidizes water trucks for low-income places. So maybe you have to go uh, to like a government agency, order a water truck, and but they'll tell you, you know, you'll get your water truck in two to four weeks, for example. And no idea when. So a lot of houses actually have to have somebody at home all the time 
in case the water truck shows up so that they can receive it, you know? Because if not, they, don't, they, they, lose, they lose the water truck and their place in the line. Enrique and his colleagues zeroed in on an idea. Instead of getting water by truck or from below, how about looking to the sky? There's nothing new about rainwater harvesting. People have been harvesting rainwater since they first kind of like opened their mouths and looked up at the sky at the same time. No, este, there's rainwater harvesting systems that are 6,000 years old throughout the world. But, um, but I don't think anyone had really taken the challenge of how do we get a modern massive metropolis to start harvesting rainwater on a massive scale. The team built their first rainwater harvesting system. A simple and cheap arrangement made up of a big plastic water tank installed on the ground level, gutters, some pipes, and a filter hooked up on the roof. One of the women they had interviewed agreed to try it out. And uh, this woman, who I think is very scientifically minded, uh, shut off the, the city grid, the water, the city water connection. She said, let's see how we do just with rainwater. Not even the Isla Urbana team expected the outcome. And they went eight months, eight continuous months before they had to open up the city grid again. No? So they did eight continuous months of full autonomy just on rainwater. And that was like, a that blew up my mind. And, and, and this, my co-founder, Renata, who I was working with, it, it kind of blew our minds. We were like, okay, this is, this is really good. Like this really works beyond what we kind of had imagined. The team rented a room across the street from the first installment and proceeded to organize community meetings. A bunch of the neighbors started like joining in kind of none. We started installing rainwater harvesting systems with our neighbors little by little. And, you know, it was a very one at a time, very uh, retail kind of uh, community activism kind of work, talking to communities about rainwater harvesting and and people, you know, like agreeing to experiment. So we started experimenting with different rainwater harvesting systems. And um, we started putting up more and more and more of these systems in the area. As the word spread, the local government got in touch. And they came back and they said, um, could you please write us a quote for five rainwater harvesting systems? And this was the first time anybody had asked us for like a quote. And so we like were very excited and we wrote a very, um, a very like low budget, you know, we just wanted them to, to, to accept the quote. No? So we wrote this quote for five systems and they came back and they said, okay, we want 500 of these systems. And so we were like terrified <laughs> no? and, and very excited, but also like, okay, how do we do this? And that was this huge quantum kind of step for us. And we installed, uh, we ended up installing close to a thousand rainwater harvesting systems working directly with this local uh, administration. By now, a decade after installing the first unit, Isla Urbana are working directly with the government of Mexico City, installing almost 60 systems a day throughout the metropolitan area. Over 20,000 are out there, harvesting a total of 807 million liters of water annually. For the recipients of these units, this can be truly life-changing. So if you have a house that has, say, a 100-square-meter roof, este, which would be, what, um, 900 square feet or something like that, it's not, it's not a, a huge house at all. Este, a house like that can get up to around 100,000 liters of water per year, which is about 12 water trucks. The problem at that point becomes they just don't have enough tanks to store it all. Like actually they'll use as much water as they can store and they'll go the whole rainy season. And they usually go five, six, seven, eight months a year. They can be 100% water autonomous, no? Instead, depending on the size of their roof. And then houses that have bigger tanks, I mean, there's houses that go all year. 
And that's really what we're after now, no? Is just doing more and more rainwater harvesting systems and getting entire parts of Mexico City to become places where every time it rains, just thousands and thousands of rainwater harvesting tanks just fill up with water. For his part, Dr. Perlo sees new models being developed, and it makes him optimistic about the future. We're not going to be able to return to the old lake system or the old Tenochtitlan, the Aztec city in the middle of the lake. That, that's gone. But we can have a new water model for the city, a model where we keep water, we, a model where we uh, have enough water, we have springs, we have rivers, we have small lakes, we have hydraulic parks, we have really a world of water, and that's possible. It's not utopia. It's not something uh, that comes out of uh, a dream. It can be a reality. This episode of Game Changers was produced by Magnus Henriksen and presented by yours truly, Matt Goldman. It was based on reporting by Tom Gibson. For a visual experience of Game Changers, check out our videos at Bloomberg.com green. Francesca Levy is the head of Bloomberg Podcasts. See you next time. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Join Bloomberg in San Francisco or virtually on May 7th for The Future Investor, Data-Powered Transformations. This 2024 event series will examine how data is not only playing a pivotal role in investment decisions, but serves as a driving force behind the construction of innovative, investable enterprises. This series is proudly sponsored by Invesco QQQ. Register at BloombergLive.com slash Future Investor slash Radio.